0: to take the world's greatest personality test to see what type you are so i need for you to sit down for those of you who are driving well this would be perfect i have an excellent podcast for you to help you figure out yourself for those of you who can't sit well listen best you can and uh Maybe at some point you can come back and actually read this article that I have for you. This is a full article on our website, rickthomas.net. I am Rick Thomas. You're listening to the Life Over Coffee podcast. This is not an episode. This is the formerly Your Daily Drive podcast. But again, we have them all over here in Life Over Coffee so that you can get all of our content in one place. I need to get going because this is quite long. If you have any questions, jump on our forums. Please ask. One of the many peculiarities of our over-psychologized age is our culture's affinity for their various attempts to figure out personalities. Now, this ties into self-esteem because we're so in love with ourselves that we are always trying to figure out ourselves. And sometimes, for the right reasons, that's true. But many times, well, personality tests, as I've written in other places, is like a psychological selfie. We do love our selfies, whether they're photographs of ourselves or assessments that tell us about ourselves. But the peculiarity is not so much with the culture's fascination with the personality and human condition as it is how the church has jumped in bed with our culture's worldview by embracing their definitions, their interpretations, and their applications. Now, that's the problem. So I'm talking to our team today. That's me. That's you. That's us who name the name of Christ. And again, I do appeal to you, if you want to read what I'm sharing with you, go to our website, the title, Take the world's greatest personality test to see what type you are. I'm going to share that with you in just a moment. Now, I realize that you and I, that we have to carry some cultural attitudes and expectations because, quite frankly, we live in the world. The problem is, is that we have blurred too many lines so much that the culture— in many ways, has made more significant inroads into our processes, into how we do things, than how we should affect them. I mean, for example, let me give you some illustrations. Many organizations require personality testing to discern the type of person they want to hire. And because most companies reject a biblical approach, they develop their systems. Now, I understand this. I'm talking about the culture. I'm talking about the world. I mean they did the same thing with evolution. Anytime that you're going to reject God's word, well you must dismiss the claims Bible on how we got here. Thus evolution. I mean, rather than sitting in the corner with a dunce cap on, they came up with their version of history now they did not stop with personality test or evolution they also dismissed the bible's teaching on the sanctity of life and marriage i mean you can get a legalized abortion and any combination of humans can marry i mean they can be gay or or trans or sologamy sologamy is it's like polygamy multiple wives sologamy Well, that's when you marry yourself. You are a marriage of one. It makes sense why they do what they do. I mean, the biblical record is chocked full of misguided souls with futile minds. And I was one of them. And so were you, too. If you're going to reject God, you must insert your dead and darkened ideas into the culture. I mean, you have to you're not going to sit in the corner with a dunce cap on and say, I don't know, so you have to make up stuff. But the real problem is when the Christian community divorces itself from biblical topology. It's worse when we no longer see a problem with their diluted approaches and improper understanding of the human condition. For example, if you ask the average Christian to describe their personality, they will say something like, I'm, I'm a type A, or I'm a high D, or I'm a sanguine with a mix of melancholy. It's like the DSM-5 that describes a condition and then slaps a label on it. It's the world's way of giving us an identity ADHD, OCD, and any combination of, of letters to form an acronym to describe a, a list of things that you see in like the DSM-5. It's a pragmatic way of ticking the box so you can move through the hiring process with personality testing. Honestly, corporations do not have the time. Now, they do also do I mean, if they're unregenerate, they don't have the biblical insight to understand the potential pitfalls of this process. Figuring out someone, and this is the irony, it is not rocket science. God is complicated, and God does complicated stuff. But understanding humanity is not one of those things because he would not call us to care for each other if it was that complicated. The real issue is that we have become so enamored with the culture that we no longer know how to filter a person's personality through a biblical grid. Now, when a person tells me they are type A, it says very little about who they are. I mean, those are categories that fit over the 10 million people who say they are type A. And so it tells me very little about who that person is. It's like saying, go west, young man. Okay, I'm going to go west, but there are a zillion different possibilities. Now, I think for the type A personality, generally speaking, it means they they are driven and they get stuff done. Perhaps they are confident, or at least want you to think they are. Something like that, type A personality. When I meet a type A individual in the counseling office, I see many things that their type A stereotype could not tell me in a 100 years. I call this their biblical baggage. I've had so many men, for example, to tell me that they are they are type A. And again, it's a meaningless it's a meaningless descriptor. And so I acknowledge it, I don't throw it under the bus, but then I start caring for them by unpacking the baggage, the things that did not come out of their little personality test. And by the way, I have similar baggage to I'm not any different. That's what I was saying earlier. The human condition in many ways is not rocket science. There is a way to figure out people. Here are a few of those everyday items with the type A personality that their tests did not discern. For example, typically when I talk to the type A person, and I'm not going to get into this at a granular level. I mean, I could, but for sake of time, I do have a lot to communicate here, but there are reasons that I'm stating or I'm providing these descriptors for you to describe this confident, go-getter-driven person. These are things that don't come out of a type A type test. For example, insecurity, self-righteousness, arrogant, harsh, unkind, controller, stubborn, lust, greedy, critical, selfish, and the worst of all, he doesn't know how to apply the gospel to his life practically. Now, all of these things do not necessarily apply to every individual, and there are more things that I could list that do apply to people who were character or, or labeled as, as type A. My point is his personality test did not, cannot, will not paint an accurate picture of who this individual is. Now let me add that when Mr. Type A tells you about his personality, he will state it in the most favorable light. He conveys it as a positive thing. Now that should be your first clue that something is wrong. And when you talk to people about personality tests, most of the time, the overwhelming majority of time, they will always communicate it in a favorable light. Now that is a clue because the biblical narrative would paint something radically different about us. And if you really want to get to know Mr. Type A, you better do more diligence. Or what you may have is the world's greatest go-getter, who could be the world's greatest pain in the neck in the work environment. Biblical personality assessments are not as as flattering. Uh, Let me give you a quick one that you're quite familiar with, Romans 3. None is righteous, no, not one. No one understands, no one seeks for God. All have turned aside, together they have become, here it is, worthless. No one does good, not even one. That's why the culture rejects the Bible's assessment of themselves. That's why I had a hard time with it as well. And here's the, the gospel irony that once I began to embrace my worthless state— That was the beginning of of transformation, and many of you have a similar testimony. You see, the culture, they have a problem with the deceitfulness of sin as well as the doctrine of total depravity. It conflicts with their self-esteem gospel. That's the collision. None of their systems will accurately identify the more insidious things about us. And because your starting point determines how you will finish I'm talking about circular here. Where you start will determine how you are going to finish. A simple illustration. If a person starts with drugs, say heroin, you can predict his future. If a person starts another way, it will determine how he will finish. And so if you begin with the culture's methods, you'll end in some kind of psychologized soup. Most personality testing is not about transformation anyway. It's about the best perceived. Perceived is important. The best perceived fit on a team. The company mainly looks at productivity and possibilities from a pragmatic perspective rather than the whole person, our authentic character. And pragmatism is important as well, because we are busy. We are movers and shakers. Time is ticking, and we need to get stuff done. And so we're looking for best fixes to work through a problem. I find this regularly when talking to churches. If I introduce myself to a church, there are two things that I could do for a church. I can offer them counseling, or I can offer them a leadership development program. 99 times out of 99, they will say, hey, I got some people, will you counsel these people? They're looking for a quick fix, offloading people. And I understand it as a pastor, you have so many people with so many needs, you're looking for ways to to help those people. That's a pragmatic response. Rather than developing a, a way to be able to train your church to do the work of discipleship, that is a, a much harder process, but ultimately it's an easier process in the long run if you develop people to do the work of soul care rather than offloading those people to the counselor who shows up at your door. And companies are very similar. It's a pragmatic perspective. Let's run them through the testing and find out which category they fit. And you can have the most talented quarterback in the lottery, but he destroys the team. It's a long-term messy tension of fire or no fire. You got a high D guy, but did not factor in high S for sin. The word personality is a combination of characteristics and qualities that form an individual's distinctive character. Qualities that make someone who they are. Now, the Bible provides several ways to figure out a person, and this is where I want to get to the heart of the the podcast, and it's why I titled Take the World's Greatest Personality Test to See what, What Your Type Is, because the Bible does a remarkable job in figuring out Now, we find two templates in the New Testament that you are familiar with. 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter, Galatians 5, the fruit of the Spirit chapter. Either one of those templates, if you lay them out on a piece of paper on your computer screen, you can quickly assess a person by telling you, it will tell you who they are and who they are not. Those templates permit you to get to the heart of their character, to the heart of their personality quickly. But these assessments go further by pointing you in the direction of who we need to be They point us in a specific direction. And isn't that the primary goal of personality testing? We assess ourselves to find out we're not perfect and how we can change. Then we begin to make a plan to become better. Of course, for the Christian, we know where the standard is, or we know who the standard is. And so we can assess ourselves to find out where we are, and then we'll be able to discern the distance between where we are and where we need to go and the standard is Christ. These two templates give us in these two templates in 1st Corinthians 13 and Galatians 5 they give us a perfect snapshot of his personality and it gives us a perfect picture of the goal for us to aim. Now you'll also find the best template I mentioned these two, but the best template in the Bible for personality testing is Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Not them individually, but the books that they wrote. The test would be to read all four gospel accounts and identify, isolate, and notate the personality of Jesus. Then make a plan to change into him. It doesn't matter what kind of personality test the culture puts before you. If the person does not have a passion for Christ, and to be like him, it will be a problem hiring. Will you name a better personality type that you would like to hire than a Christ-like soul? Now, besides 1 Corinthians 13 and Galatians 5, and the examined life of Christ through the four gospel narratives, we do find another place where you can assess a person's personality. In Proverbs, we see six personality types. They are the wise, foolish, simple, prudent, scorner, and the wicked. Now, I've taken these six, and I've narrowed them down to just three for simplicity's sake, to wise, foolish, and simple. Those are three categories, wise, foolish, simple. I want to examine all three of those. You see, there is prudent, scorner, and wicked. Well, the prudent are wise, and so it's almost like a subcategory of the wise person. The scorner and the wicked, well, they are fools, and so they're like, two subcategories of, of foolish. And so I've, I've narrowed it to just wise, foolish, and simple. Now, what is your personality type according to Proverbs? Are you, are you wise? Are you foolish? Are you simple? I mean, if you could go into Proverbs and take the personality test and come out on the other end and fall into one of those three caps, that would be incredible information about the kind of person that you're interacting with and because the bible gives us a wider panoramic and understanding about our personalities we can also conclude that we are a combination of all three of these ones that we see in that great book i mean we are a work in progress and so when i say that you know are you wise foolish or simple all of us should hesitate Let's say that you're wise. Well, you would also admit sometimes I'm foolish and sometimes I'm simple, and that's true. But to label me as a type A, it doesn't help. But to unpack me according to proverbial typology and then factor in my pursuit or my lack of pursuit of Christ, you would have a more accurate assessment of who I am am. Now, I want to think that I am wise on most days, but as I mentioned, I also act like a fool and and a simpleton at times. And so you must know this about me. If you're going to hire me, you need to understand my personality. I am a mixture. I trust, again, the accent mark is on wisdom, but Well, my family would testify that sometimes I act like a fool and sometimes I act like a simpleton. When developing leaders, I'm always looking for the primary characterizations of a person. I'm interested in their patterns, not their episodic foolishness, for example, as I'm illustrating with me. Looking inside the patterns of a person, you can factor in the doctrine of sin knowing that there's going to be episodic failures. But what you're assessing is their personality trajectory. Which way are they trending generally most of the time? And so it's like the stock market in that you're looking for, hopefully, an upward trend toward wisdom while expecting dips, episodes, along the way. And so when sitting across from a person in a caring context, I'm looking for trends. I do not care about their personality type. Is he wise? Is he fool? Is he a fool? Is he simple? Now, I realize this assessment can be tricky for sure. Because when a person comes to you for counseling, you have to make your assessments from their catalog of victories and failures and and sins and strengths and weaknesses and relational interactions and, and so much more. And even though it can be tricky because you are working with a truer Template, you'll come closer to finding out who this person really is. It takes biblical discernment to see a person through a biblical lens. Is the individual acting out episodic foolishness? What is their life's trend? Is there a pattern of wisdom, or is this person foolish with little regard for the Lord? Now, only the Spirit of God will be able to sort this out in your mind as you engage God through the Word of God. And so who is wise? Let's take a look at the wise person. To help discern a person, you want to develop a word cloud around these three words, wisdom, foolish, and simple. And so, for example, there are associated characteristics that come with the personality trait of the wise person. These characteristics are what make them wise. And if you want to know if you're working with a wise personality, well, I have 30 traits here, and I'm not going to list them all for you because of time, but you can go to this article and print it off. Go to the bottom of the article, hit the blue print button, and you can, uh, well, you print it off, or you can turn it into a PDF and save it on your computer, or you can just copy and paste this and put it uh, on on your own document. I'll, I'll mention some of these because I do want you to understand uh, the word cloud that surrounds each one of these types wise foolish and simple so here's here's the word cloud that i've created around the word wise, humble, teacher, learner, ask a lot of questions, does not defend, does not justify, rationalize, spend things to present themselves in a better light, ready and eager to repent, wants to know how to repent, is not critical of others and what they have done, but is mainly focused on their failures at the end of their rope and will do anything to change, has spiritual illumination that translates into common sense, is responsible, diligent, has a strong work ethic, is frugal and prudent, stewards time relationships, money, and responsibilities. Surround themselves with companions who can help them mature in Christ. That's 15 of the 20. There's 15 more. And this list is a wise assessment test. And as you listen to those items, how did you do? How are you trending? Are you trending upward toward increasing wisdom? Would you characterize yourself as a wise person I am not asking if you have perfected any of the 15 things that I shared with you, but is there a consistent presence of those things in your life? You're looking for trends, not episodes of failure, because none of us have perfected these personality strengths. I use this type of assessment to evaluate the students in our Mastermind program. And by the way, if you haven't, put your dip, put your dip, put your dip in the water, put your toe in the water of our mastermind program. Well, there's my commercial. You need to do it. And so that's the snapshot of a wise person. Now, who is foolish? The foolish person is the exact opposite of these things, which makes their personality easy to discern. If they are foolish, they are anti-wise. And so therefore, you can take everything that I just said and just flip it on his head but you want to remember we all act foolishly at times what you're looking for are the general and consistent characterizations of a foolish of foolishness in a person as i said when i get angry at my wife i'm i'm flatlining on many of the wisdom traits but the real question is how am i most of the time when i'm around my wife if the person you're assessing does not fit into the camp of the wise you have a fool on your hands. And at that point, you want to, d- to discern as best you can if they have the Spirit's power to change, recognizing that's a subjective assessment. You can hardly know if anyone is a Christian, but they do need the Spirit's power for ongoing, cons- consistent, substantive change. Wisdom is a gift from the Lord, but don't think that an unregenerate person or people can't be wise. They can. Many lost souls exhibit some of the wisdom characteristics. They may do it with the wrong motives, or they may do it inconsistently, but they have a God-given innate ability to be moral creatures. The fool can't claim that he did not know better. He will be nice to his bar buddies. He might not be nice to his wife. If he is universally unnice, meaning everywhere he goes, he's just an unnice person, inconsiderate, unthoughtful, and selfish, well, maybe he's not a fool, but a simple person lacking common sense. Or he could be a combination of a foolish person who is also simple because he doesn't have the, the mental ability to do these things. It's a combo of foolishness and, and simple. But the typical fool can repent. They can change. And then finally, the simple person. The simple person is naive. They lack good biblical common sense. They will do dumb things which will leave you scratching your head. Though they are simple, they typically have the ability to exercise some wisdom. Similar to the fool, it is a mixture. It is possible to have a simple wise person or a simple foolish person. The former simple wise is naive but wants to mature. The latter is spiritually dumb and is not interested in changing. He is a simple foolish person. If the person is genuinely simple but wants to walk in wisdom then what you want to do is make sure you surround them with the right kind of companions to help them If the simple person is interested in wisdom, they will take your advice, they will realize their limitations, they will surround themselves with wise friends. If the person is simple and is not interested or is interested in foolish things, well, may God have mercy on his soul. They will be forever getting themselves in trouble, having little discernment about how they got into trouble, and take on a victim's mindset and suck the life out of you if you make it your mission to rescue them all the time. The hope is that they would be willing to respond well to confrontation for their foolishness, realizing they need help and regularly seek the guidance of those who are wiser. The title of this podcast is Take the World's Greatest Personality Test to see what type you are. I've given you several examples of a better way to discern a person. You can use the Templeite in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, Galatians chapter 5, the four narratives, the four gospels and just compare yourself uh, to Christ and then also three uh, types of person, people in Proverbs, the wise, the foolish and the simple if you would like to talk about this or anything else we have forums that are provided by for you by the folks who underwrite this ministry our supporters thank you for listening you have been listening to life over coffee with rick thomas if you have a question for rick you can let him know by sending him a note through his website rickthomas.net that's rickthomas.net thanks for listening enjoy your coffee